Washington Makers podcast brings the community to you. We talk to small business owners about work, life, and everything in between. Subscribe to Sellers and Makers podcast so you never miss an episode. Hi, and welcome to Sellers and Makers podcast, a place artisans can come together in community. Brought to you by Everything Embroidery Market. I'm your host, Hope Dale, and today we are speaking with the one and only Lisa Shaw. Lisa, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm just fine, but I know you're reaching new people today, so I should probably introduce myself. (laughs) Um, My name is Lisa Shaw, and I've been doing machine embroidery for over 25, uh, almost 30 years now. So I work mostly with the Embrillion software, but I've been working, I've been started out as a home hobbyist, bought my first embroidery machine back in the early 90s. So there's a whole bunch of um, education that goes along with that. So I'd love to share my experience going through because I've done it all. Well, I haven't, not well, (laughs) but I I have tried pretty much everything as far as having my own business or doing things just for family, teaching software. So we come from all different over here. Well, that's what, that's why everybody comes to all of your classes because you've done it all. So you have the experience behind you to say, I've tried this and it didn't work. Or then I tried this and it did work. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So jumping right in, something we were talking about before is you, okay. So you've bought this new machine, you're ready to rock, but then you're overwhelmed with software choices. Do you just go with what the machine has? Do you buy new software? Where do you even start? Well, I see this all. All the time on social media, one buys a brand new machine and they have a purpose in mind. Why did why did you get your embroidery machine? And that the answer to that question really should sort of dictate where you head on from. Because if you just embroider, got it for fun and start embellishing things, well, just jump in. <laughs> start stitching. You're used to your machine. I usually like to tell people to hold off on your software least until you have a couple stitch outs done because you don't know what exactly that you need. There's software falls into two categories. You have, you have customizing software and you have digitizing software and they're vastly different. And the learning curve on either one of them is, is huge. So when, when I say customizing where that means with designs that someone else has already digitized and changing them up. Now that's simple as adding a name, resizing, changing colors, moving, combining designs in your hoop. So you have more than one in your hoop, do color sorting so that you don't have to, um, change the machine, the needle on your, not the needle, (laughs) the thread machine over and over again. Those are customizing, um, functions. And Mm -hmm. to jump right in with customizing software, well, that's not a huge, that's not really that huge of a step. However, I do recommend doing some of the built-in designs that came on the machine and working with designs from reputable sources. And what I mean by reputable source, someone that's been around for a while, a, a company that maybe offers you a sample design to try out because if, if they have live 
stitch outs and not live, but actual stitch outs on, you know, that they've Mm -hmm. stitched it successfully. So when you're learning your machine, there's so much that goes into the machine. What stabilizer, what hooping technique, um, how to hoop to use, how to thread your machine properly. That those are all, these are all things that you're going to have to troubleshoot from day one. Because if your design doesn't look exactly as what theirs looks like, something happened. Machine embroidery is a big science experiment. It's repeatable. (laughs) You should put this design in and be able to stitch it 5,000 times. And it's going to come out the exact way for 5,000 times. The the design doesn't change, but something changes at the machine. Maybe your needle wears out. And yes, they do. (laughs) It's it's just like getting an oil change in your your car. It does the right stabilizer for your fabric different hooping techniques. You have to learn all that stuff first. I'm sure, you know, anyone that's done, you've had that pile of, Ooh, what on earth happened to this? Absolutely. (laughs) And you have to no shoot that. So learning how to use your mind first. Now you're not having, you know how to troubleshoot those things. So when you start customizing and something happens at the machine, you can troubleshoot with the machine stuff but maybe it's something you, you did in the software. Maybe you took an eight by eight design and shrunk it down to four by four because why not? Software lets you, <laughs> but you know that that's not a machine issue. You now know, oh, I need to check out my software and figure out what troubleshooting that goes. Right. Customizing software, you're working with someone else's designs. Someone else has done the testos. They've stitched it out. It's been successful. You get to play. You get to have some fun. Mm -hmm. You get to do some challenging things. With digitizing software, that's where (laughs) a lot of people say, oh, I want to take this (laughs) and create an embroidery design machine. It's a whole different beast. Uh, Completely, because you have to understand what went into creating those designs in the first place. And that's where all those techie terms come from, like, underlay and pull compensation and push and distortion. You have to know what all that is. And if you haven't stitched well-stitched, well-stitching designs, someone tested and you've done troubleshooting at the machine. If you stitch those, you don't have that knowledge base from. So it's not impossible. That's where I started 30 years ago. We had no customizing here. All, we had an embroidery machine. We didn't have USB. That's how long ago this was. You had, you did, a lot of websites didn't exist. The internet didn't exist. Where am I coming from? Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't go on Etsy and download a file. <laughs> Absolutely not. It didn't, it didn't exist. You had to create it yourself. And creating it yourself, we didn't have pictures. We didn't have an internet to look at. There was no YouTube. So I have some piles of testos that digitizing and creating my own design from scratch. And it was just horrible. And by the time I, <laughs> fi- one, one design in particular, and I always talk about this in my classes, I had this, this chicken. I was going to decorate my entire kitchen with it. It was going to go on the curtains, on the placemats. It matched the, the china, whatever. It was going to be on everything. And by the time I finished digitizing, digitizing that chicken, I never wanted to see it again. 
So of course it wasn't going to decorate my kitchen. <laughs> now, I guys have one stitch out of it left. I have, I have nightmares about that design. <laughs> it was horrible. Oh gosh. That's so good. The chicken. No, I mean, I <laughs> feel like from that. Hell. I just, I, yeah. Sorry. It's delayed a little and I didn't know if you were still talking or not. <laughs> but yeah, no, I feel like everybody has that, especially when they're starting out something new, like whether it's digitizing anything or, or even like a recipe in the kitchen or it's like they have that one thing they were trying to get, they were so excited about. And then by the end of it, they're like, never again. <laughs> no more chickens. <laughs> Yes, that's that's what I, I understand exactly how you feel. And the thing of it is, yeah. is that this is technology. So we kind of think that the software does all the work and we forget that we have to be a little bit creative in it. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what goes into very beautiful designs, creativity. And right. we have to know how to use the tools to make that creativity happen. So, right. It's, it's the nuts and bolts of machine embroidery. So do you think someone, so I know you say don't get overwhelmed by the software when you first get your new machine, but do you think someone, how long do you think someone should have their machine and get acquainted before maybe they start dabbling in the digitizing or start thinking about it? Well, everybody learns differently. If you are a computer person and you're not afraid to push buttons, you have a, a shorter time. If you're getting mm -hmm. successful stitch outs on your machine and you know how to troubleshoot it and software is okay with you, take your socks off, go dive in. But yeah. you're going to have to start pushing buttons and, and doing the testos and starting from ground zero. I meet a lot of people that come in from the vinyl world or from the scan and cut and the silhouette and creating uh, heat transfer things. And they're thinking, oh, that embroidery should be just as easy. And mm -hmm. well, <laughs> well, it's not. <laughs> There's so much more because it, when you're, if you, from someone coming from, from the cutting industry or how you cut something. You could start up here, yeah. Here, then it can come back down. It rolls back and forth, and it it cuts. This this result is the same. But with digitizing, yeah. If you digitize something up here, and then down here, and then down here, and then in here, it looks like a chaotic squirrel on LSD created this thing. And you have strings <laughs> all over the place, and your machines making knots, and you're like, yeah. Ah. So you have to have some. Some you have to think like the embroidery machine. How is it going to create yeah. these stitches and get from one point to another? So getting your experience level, it's good to have background information, but it mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's going to make your journey any less than anybody else's. Yeah. Okay. But That's everybody learns differently. And I never really thought about it in the sense of like someone coming from like a scanning cut or some sort of cutting. I mean, it's very, it's very different. I mean, mm -hmm. something cut is going to look cut no matter how, you know, it's going to come out the same, but all the stitches, I mean, that's. Yeah. A, you know, and it's very, actually for someone with. Detailed. 
And for someone coming from graphic arts background, they even have more trouble because they're worked to, used to working in layers. And mm -hmm. you can have a layer of black and put a layer of red on top of it with a skinny right. outline and it looks great. But in yeah. embroidery, if you want a black outline around your red apple, you don't put a big black fill first. And the software right. software doesn't just punch holes in things because holes don't make sense in embroidery. If you if you cut a hole in embroidery, those this is this is the theory that you learn by watching mm -hmm. things stitch out. Your designs actually shrink up. If you've actually, if you look at your lettering in your software mm -hmm. and you did, a, you made it 100% size, and then you looked at the actual stitch out, you'll see that it's skinnier. And that's because stitches have pull. Yeah. So you're, I, you're like, wow, I digitized this lettering. It looked nice and fat in my software and I stitched on my towel and it's all shrunken up, but I can't see anything. That's the life of a digitizer. You live yeah. for your test sews. You have to study your test sew and then distort what's in your software so that your stitch out looks like what you expect. Right. Sometimes you'll look at your software and everything looks muddy and graphic people expect what you see is what you get well mm -hmm. sometimes muddy stitches beautifully yeah <laughs> okay a lot of just trial and error to see what works with each uh stitch out right i mean that's that's really interesting um okay so now we're not getting overwhelmed by our software and we're getting used to our machines mm -hmm. um you had said you had spoken with a lot of mothers or people starting up these side hustles. Um, what what kind of trends are you seeing with that? Like, are they just working with schools? Or are they just trying to start small and build it up? Or what what you said you helped them? I guess I'm trying to figure out how you're doing that. Where exactly. did it go? <laughs> <laughs> well. A lot of us bought an embroidery machine to make money. That's we right. want to, and maybe we have kids at home. I don't mm -hmm. have kids at home, but, but you want to put your machine to work. Maybe right. you want to do craft fairs, something. So decide what, what is your goal. Mm -hmm. I have a few friends that are really big. They have boys and they are brought to sports. Those clubs, those little baseball clubs, the soccer clubs, the um, every a golf frisbee, those are are gold mines for oh, yeah. embroiderers. And oh, the way, yeah. what I mean is that mom wants to have a shirt that says "Bulldog Mom" on it, and in yeah. in the team Number colors, they just have to have it. Yeah. <laughs> That's and all you have to do is wear one. Mm -hmm. to a game and everyone's going to say, where'd you get that? Exactly. My friends, that's what she started. The bulldogs. She does bulldog mom. And she'd makes, she started out with a, she did sweatshirts and then she says, well, sweatshirts are hard and it's not something I can get instant cash. <laughs> so mm -hmm. she made key fobs that said bulldog mom on them. And she had one hanging and she says, you know, I can do t-shirt or sweatshirts. And they were like 40 bucks because hers are nice and beefy. And you got it. She's a, mm -hmm. a she's run businesses before because we'll circle around that to that in a minute. I want to get into the marketing <laughs> first <laughs> because how do you get the customers is 
that's is a big thing. Yeah. And wearing your embroidery, that's it. So she, she had she did the key and she did Christmas ornaments and everything because in the hoop is real big. And while her kids are doing stuff, she's either making plans on what the next thing is that she's going to do, or she's stitching something at home. Uh, she's like, if I never, by the time I'm done with this, if I never have purple and silver thread gray in my house again, I'll, it will probably be good. Yeah. <laughs> just, the kids got to get on a different team. These colors are driving me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so, we need some variety that's here. How she got her marketing. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, her charging for these things, that's where a lot of the stumbling block comes from. Because if you go to Walmart and you buy your sweatshirt and it's 20 bucks and you put embroidery on it, how do you figure out charge for that? So yeah. I, I'm not an ex math because it really depends on time that goes into it. There's all the, it's not just right. the item. You can't just say, oh, it's $5 to add on to it. There it is, 25 bucks. I mean, what if you, uh, yeah. you should contact wholesale companies so that you get, or a company mm -hmm. that will sell you wholesale and have a conversation with them, even if you're not huge. If you're going to be reselling, you should get your items high, good quality, consistent quality, and is the consistent colors dye lots are important right. so if you're constantly ordering from the company they they don't have one offs they might but if that's a that's a special and then you do a one off special you said when mm -hmm. it's gone it's gone they're never getting this green in again so we got to have it um but it's a consistent quality and you have to work out your prices what is your time worth for me to embroider any, I only do gifts now because I have a hard time char charging what my time is worth. So they're getting my a gift from me. That's how I do it. But you have to decide. That's why it's better. When I was doing it in business, I only sold items that I sourced because I did buy them at wholesale. Right. I could double the price to get the retail cost of it. So I was making money that way. And I was able to add the embroidery time onto it. If they brought me something, I didn't charge any less. In fact, I charged more. And the reason was, was because if it went bad, I'd have to replace it. And they'd have to replace it. And I didn't want to, oopsies happen. Right. But it wasn't, I wasn't making any, I couldn't just add $5 onto their sweatshirt. I was making no profit. I was doing the same amount of work and not making the same amount of money as I was if I sourced the sweatshirt. So that's why I charged more. Makes so. total sense. And it's also like, is it something that's already been created? If it's just a sweatshirt that says bulldog mom, but then there's no personalization other, you know, like that would add to the price of it. You know, if you're putting a number 28 on there, right along with the bulldog mom or a name or, you know, all of those things drive your price up, which I don't feel, I feel mm -hmm. like, especially in this industry, people feel bad charging the price that they should charge like for their time right. for, and it's hard to quantify that because you mm -hmm. think, you know, maybe you don't think of much as much of your time as you should. It's a female it's thing. It's totally a female <laughs> thing. Men don't have a problem with that. You know? I'm, I'm generalizing, but I feel like men have zero problem saying like, my time is worth X amount mm -hmm. and people respect him for it. And women are like, 
uh, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Now, now when she says saying, she, um, when she mentioned to me, I'm getting tired of the purple and the, and mm -hmm. the gray. I said, well, why don't you walk around to the other <laughs> side of the team exactly. <laughs> and hook up with them? And that's exactly what she did. Mm -hmm. So she's like, well, now I got to work for the competitors. I said, yeah, but you're yeah, making but you're money. Making, you could even charge more. No, not that you would. Right? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, no, I think ballparks, any of that, any of the kids sports things, first of all, every mom wants their bags, like their kids stuff monogram so they don't lose it or it doesn't get switched right. up with some other kids because that's not mm -hmm. cheap and then you know all right. the moms want all the gear so i mean it's mm -hmm. it's the way to go i've seen several women that have started that way they started you know at the ballpark mm -hmm. at the soccer field and that that alone did a ton and it was not even like then people started coming to him well i want you know this as a gift can you you know can you get bags can you do this and the mm -hmm. girl was like absolutely so then you know she expanded mm -hmm. but she expanded based on a customer saying something they wanted and had pre-orders so it was like a no-brainer mm -hmm. really um mm -hmm. but yeah i feel like that is key now one thing you have to remember uh oh <laughs> i lost my screen <laughs> um one thing to keep in mind you if you get into the sporting goods you have to not mind doing the same thing over and over and over again yeah. okay it it's now i'm a onesie type of girl so I do one thing and then i'm done it's not not one like a of chicken. the things yeah no more chicken <laughs> <laughs> so when I was, I was talking to someone who was similar with mine, that mentality, she's like, well, I like to make money, but I don't want, I don't like sports. I have no kids. I said, ah, but your husband's in real estate and you stage homes, don't you? <laughs> because they do. And what she had done, what she started doing was unique embroidered pillows for a specific room in a house that was high end. Now I'm in, we're in Colorado, so the Western theme is huge. Mm -hmm. It's it's just it's big. I'm sure in Texas it is too. It's yeah. <laughs> we're very familiar with the Western theme here. <laughs> well, what her forte was was embroidering on leather. So she oh. had they they she had friends that were a butcher, so she ended up with cow hides on stuff, and she would just do generic embroidery on cowhide pillows and you have a whomping big pillow on the couch and you're like oh my gosh this is awesome can i have that pillow <laughs> and yeah. of course the when they got comment came it became a gift from the real estate agent she got right. paid by her husband who because he mm -hmm. was the agent for it but it also got her into other agent homes right so she started doing high-end embroidery for for homes. And we're not yeah. talking, you know, we're not the $50,000 homes, you know, if those yeah. even still exist, we're talking more expensive homes. Yeah. <laughs> so well, those are all, well, you also have to think about the people that have the disposable income to buy the pillow or, you know, you mm -hmm. have to think about your target market. Like 
who has the extra money to spend on that? Whether it's a baseball mom shirt or it's this custom leather pillow. I mean, Mm -hmm. those, those may be the same people. It might be different people. And so, you know, you have to think about all of those different demographics as well when you're thinking about what you're selling and who you're selling to. I mean, it's basics, but I feel like especially people starting out in this industry and trying to grow a business that they sometimes they forget about those little things that are actually big things. Right. You know, it's... um. It's all really interesting. And it's interesting to hear what people do. And like, I was thinking like, oh, they could have done like custom hand towels for the bathrooms in the kitchen or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that. Mm -hmm. But a a leather custom pillow, like that's that's incredible. That's awesome. That is so cool. Like, I want one. I don't know that I can afford one. And at $350 a piece, that was... (laughs) she was making good money because it was a one of a kind thing. They were never going to have anything like that. And then people want one of a kind. That's, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. what, that's what this is. And she got lots of repeat orders because on every, it always, you know, when you give something or you have something on display, Mm -hmm. they, she had business cards right next to it, right on that coffee table and business cards. She'd have to end up every time they had an open house, Boom, all those business cards left. So I'm sure she got a ton of people from the open house and the business cards. That's mm-hmm. that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Very it was a it was a neat, neat, neat marketing. <laughs> yes. I, that is that is neat. And I know we've talked about that like um in at everything embroidery market when we do our uh, vendor panel, we've talked about different mm-hmm ways and different markets and all of that. Um, but I don't think I've heard that one, the leather pillow one, that one's cool. Um. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it, it, it was very attractive to me because that's the type that I'd want to get into. I don't want to right. do mass production. I did right. the craft shows. And when you do craft shows, you're taking a risk. Mm-hmm. You really have to know what is hot, what is in season and you have to be a shopper and I don't shop, you know, I don't, I go to the trade shows, but I'm not in the stores. I don't see what is trendy. So for me doing craft shows to see what was the right colors and the right styles, it it didn't pay off for me. Right. And craft shows, I mean, I feel like they're very risky because you want to have a finished product and Mm -hmm. you're just, praying that people like this finished product that you've put so much time and effort in, but it's not sold before that. But then there's, there's some people that are incredible and they can do like, we have classes on it. Like, you know, all the things that you can do with a small hoop and, you know, setting Mm -hmm. up for craft shows. And some people are just absolutely wonderful with it. Absolutely. And then there's some people like, I, I don't think I'd want to do a craft show. I, it would make me nervous. Like I put too much time in this. <laughs> It'd be like, you know, like showing people my kid, like, look, I crafted this. Don't you like him? <laughs> like, <laughs> these are my things. <laughs> but well, it does take you know, a special personality to do craft shows too. Right. Right. And there's so many that are wonderful at it. I think it would give me anxiety. But then there's other things that are 
there's so many different avenues in this industry. And if you're starting mm -hmm. that, you know, and just because you, you think, oh, well, I want to go the craft show route. And then you do it a couple of times. Doesn't mean you can't go the other way. You can't or pivot. You can always pivot. <laughs> yeah. You can always pivot to your kid's ball game. Mm -hmm. Or if you are awesome and can do leather pillows, I mean, everybody's awesome, but yes, I really want one of those pillows now. <laughs> Talk about risky leather pillows. That I would be like <laughs> holding my breath. I know. <laughs> like, if I mess this one up, this isn't, mm -hmm. uh, but now know, she, I'll, I'll say she also embroiders lampshades. She's, she's got the skill of taking apart. She does the skill silk and recreates the lampshade. That's like way over, over my skill level. She does beautiful work. So. I would be, <laughs> does she do it by hand? Like, I would, I don't know on a lampshade. I would feel like you'd have to almost do it on hand, like by hand. Oh no. She embroiders the fabric first and then stretches it to fit on the lampshade. She knows how to make lampshades. Well, that's neat. Does she do it, it is. with leather too? I've seen some like <laughs> Western, like, you know, they have like, I don't know. I feel like it could be really cool, but I don't know that it would really work with a lampshade. Never mind. It'd be very Just, dark. It would be very dark. It would be a very moody room. <laughs> <laughs> Just disregard everything I just said. It's really dumb. <laughs> My coffee hasn't kicked in today. <laughs> I was I was going with for this leather thing. You say lampshade. <laughs> took it off there. She works with leather and silk, so she's she's yeah. on both ends of this spectrum. Yeah, but both very really... difficult materials to work with. Yeah, but she exactly. figured out her niche. Cause that's the other thing you have to figure out what it is you right. want to, and what you're good at. You know, mm -hmm. not everybody's good at embroidering on leather or silk. It's no, or Richardson hats. <laughs> yeah, no, you have to find your niche. And I feel like that's all of it. Like that's the craft show. That's, you know, your, your sports mm -hmm. paraphernalia. That's your leather pillows and lampshades. Like everybody has a niche and, you can't do all of it. Mm -mm. I mean, you could I try, mean, you could try, but like, I don't think you do very well doing all of it all the time. It would be too much no. or at least for one person. But, um, I think that's the thing too, finding your niche and, mm -hmm. and where are you going to make your money and make it make sense? Like to your life, right. like, do you, like for her to do the leather pillows, it made a lot of sense because mm -hmm. her husband was already a real estate agent and that just mm -hmm. naturally was part of her life. For the mom that was already at the ball games, it mm -hmm. made sense. To the lady that likes going to the craft shows anyway, that makes sense. I mean, it's, I think that's the wonderful part of this industry and getting into it. You can mm -hmm. make it a part of your life that makes sense. I'm already at the ballpark. Right. I'm already going to these open houses. You know, I, I think that's something that people maybe don't realize right away, but, or that are starting to think about it. It's like, you can make it make sense with your life. You got to find your niche. All work. Right. Definitely. 
and your niche, you might already be, you know, at the ballpark or at, you know, wherever you might be. It just fits right in. I mean, that's just, right. you know. Exactly. And even if your kid's not in sports, he goes to school. <laughs> so, right. You know, it, it could be right. on a chess club be, or, you know. Yeah, it could be, you know, monogram school jackets. Mm-hmm. Again, because you don't want to pay for that twice in one year because you lost your jacket. I say that because my mom had to do that a couple times for me. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> not not because my kids lose their stuff. It's because I did. <laughs> well, I went to Catholic school. We had no monogramming. It was your uniform. So, <laughs> Well, our uniforms could be monogram. Like only jackets or sweaters could have a monogram on it. But it had um... to be specific. So... My kids typically don't lose things. That was just me. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, I think, okay, now this is just a fun question. Uh-oh. And I think that you're the perfect person to answer it. Okay. <laughs> so one thing in this industry that you wish people would stop doing. Oh, God. <laughs> that gets your nerves. <laughs> <laughs> one huh <laughs> it could be three i'm here for it whatever you want well well first on the topic that we just came from i wish people would stop underselling their worth okay i really wish Amen, that people would, would take a step back yeah. take inventory of everything that goes into what we do and be able to put value on it and understand mm-hmm. It isn't just pushing a button. You did something, you created it, it has value and it's beautiful. And mm-hmm. don't, we are our own worst enemies. Oh my gosh, we are our biggest critics because we are the ones that look at our embroidery from this close up with our reading glasses on to find the problems. No one else does. <laughs> that is, that is. <laughs> We are the only ones that do that. When we give a gift to someone or we make something for someone, if you did it properly, they are thrilled beyond belief. I wish people would not, would stop degrading themselves. The other thing I wish people would stop doing is trying to go the cheap way. Okay. If you bought $4,000 embroidery machine, you do not need to be using paper t- stabilizer or typing paper. I just wish that would stop. And it, it's not going to harm your machine. It is your output. Uh, right. Just take, take stick in the wash machine and wash it twice. And you'll see it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Um, it's mm-hmm. so, so use the, yes, we're pressing. Yes, we're learning. Yes, it's it, this is not a cheap hobby. This, if you thought this was, you maybe take up pencil drawing, right. <laughs> and even then, if you take up drawing, you know that if you go the right way, you end up buying all the stuff. Trust me, I have piles. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> it slippery is. slope. It is, but you can't test things if you don't test it on the materials that you're going to use in the finished product. So that's that's always a. You know, you're not testing anything. If you're st- the only thing you're testing, if you're stitching on felt, is how the design st- stitches on felt. So if you're trying 
trying to get something, you're having problems stitching on. Well, go to Goodwill, go to the thrift store, find worn out t-shirts in your house and stitch on those and use them as dust rags afterwards. Learn on the per materials so that when you're finishing something, when you're doing the real thing, you have success. You know what it is that you want. You know, you know what it is that you have to do to get the proper result. Perfectly. So said. that was two things. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, both of them are very important. You do need to yeah. know your worth and, you know, sell your goods for what they should be sold for. Not be mm -hmm. afraid of it. And yep. I love the idea of going to Goodwill or using your, your old t-shirts or whatever you're mm -hmm. sewing on that's similar, you know, doing that. Mm -hmm. That's a really good idea. I've never thought of that. That's, yeah. that's that, well, then it's all worn out it. and it's really flimsy. What's that? I was saying that's a hot tip. To, oh, yes. You know, to tell people. And I never thought of Someone that. made the, well, the t-shirts are all real flimsy and whatnot. I said, well, that's the, you're just feeling the fabric. So the time you go to Walmart mm -hmm. and you buy a tissue knit, you've stitched on a really warm t-shirt and you know how to get that the result so but the right. goodwill it, i used to ravage goodwill i knew i had a a great relationship <laughs> with the manager and they'd call me oh we're having a 25 cent thursday so anything in this barrel was 25 cents hey if it doesn't fit its fabric yeah so that's awesome that's an awesome thing okay well so what are the next things that you are, that you have coming up? Well, I'm always teaching. I'm always teaching. I love, I love, always I love teaching. sharing information. <laughs> You'll find me <laughs> on my Facebook page, No Bubbles, um, Bubbles Menagerie. That's my, my Facebook business page. Every, every Tuesday I do a, a broadcast six o'clock Colorado time. And it's, I teach in brilliant software. So if you're trying to get education about in brilliance, check me out on Tuesdays. If you're not on a um, book, I do have all of my education listed on my website. So my website is so dash bubbles. And that's so S E W hyphen bubbles.com. And if you click on the education link, you will find out where I am. I'm either at a trade show like the everything embroidery market or coming up in July, I'm at applique getaway, or mm -hmm. I also do boot camps in brilliance boot camps. So we do three days, hands-on classes, one day for each software program. And oh, there's nobody else there, just me and you. <laughs> and um, I do them in various locations around the country. Um, I have Nashville coming up the first weekend in June. Um, and this is 2023. So if you're watching the replay of this, check out my website <laughs> to figure out where I'm going to be in the future. But in, I will also have a boot camp in uh, Phoenix and Seattle in September. So I'm doing two locations. Wonderful. I also have online learning. All the information is on my website, so-bubbles.com. We will also put the website in the notes of the podcast if you need to go back to there to check it out. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on with us today. We Follow us at Everything Embroidery Market on Facebook and Instagram for all of our latest updates. We will see you next week.